0: hello and welcome to the very latest forever blue podcast now we're recording this on sunday The 15th of March, 2020, I date stamp it like that because things are changing so fast in the world at the moment that some of the things that we may say in this podcast might sound very, very out of date by the time you listen to this, even if it's only an hour after we've recorded it. So bear that in mind, please. Um, first First message I want to say to everybody, really, is that this is a blue family. This is a city family. And we're very proud as Blues uh, to be part of that family. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks very much to UK, Chartered Mortgage Advisors based in Ramsbottom, which is near Manchester, who are supporting this podcast. And... Uh, That's why it's free to everybody. That's why my content that I create, our content, will always be free for everybody. I'm never going to ask for you to pay or subscribe or anything like that. You can subscribe, but it's free. So please bear that in mind. Um, We're in uncertain times at the moment. CharlesLouis.co.uk say you carry on. I'll continue to support you, as do Hot Click Marketing, who support the vlog, and the RRG group. Uh, who support who support the vlog as well? I'm very very lucky to have three superb uh, sponsors. Obviously, I'm trying to make a living out of this. Post my BBC career, um, I also. Um, work for city on a match day by doing match day vlogs though clearly that that's not going to be happening anytime soon or feels like it won't be happening anytime soon i also do some work for tameside radio uh i did a book with vincent company in the in the summer you know that Trouble triumph so it's all those things that, that allow me to still be able to sit here and talk about city so i'm very very grateful to the people who are supporting me um We are in very uncertain times. Um, In a moment, I'm going to be joined by Paul Lake and a little later on, that's, of course, a former City player, a little later on from the Times writer, Henry Winter, who is also uh, going to join us for a chat a little bit later on. In the studio with me at Tameside Radio are Emily and Harlan, who are regulars on the the podcast, so thanks very much to them. Um, We don't know what's, what's going to happen going forward. I'm very keen to hear from you, the listener, the downloader, on what you would like. Like, whether you want us to continue on, uh, whether you think the tone is, is what, what tone you want going forward. Um, there are people out in the community who think that this coronavirus is just a bit of flu and we're all overreacting to it and uh, say we should just carry on with life. And and that they're perfectly, of course, entitled to that view. Everybody's entitled. We live in a free world, thankfully. Uh, there is also a whole group of people who are very scared and very worried and very, feeling very isolated, and 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 I and I too, I mean, in, in that situation with with an older parent and and whatnot. So they are very very worrying times at the moment, um, at which it also is changing at such a pace. It's untrue, you know. We, we, by the time we finish recording this podcast, something dramatic could have changed again. So we don't know what the future is. However. We are going to react as the Forever Blue podcast and with our two guests today to the situation we are in right now as we record this on the Sunday afternoon in the UK of the date that I've just told you. Two days from now, one day from now, one hour from now, it could all change. So just bear that in mind when you listen. Thanks very much for your support. Thanks very much to Emily and Harlan who are both here. You are here, aren't you?
1: Yep. Oh, I. Yeah, <laughs> good.
0: Right. So now we're going to talk to a former Manchester City player, uh, Paul Lake, who's al- always got interesting things to say. I don't think today will be any exception. So let's see what Paul's got to say. Paul, thanks very much for joining us on the Forever Blue podcast.
2: My pleasure, Ian. My pleasure.
0: Now, the, the first thing I've got to I've got to say, and 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 I will say this to sort of uh, everybody really is. You know, how, how are you coping at the moment with what's going on and I mean this isn't just a football thing this is a life thing how, how are you what's your mindset of, of where we are at the moment
2: well it is confusing for all concerned and um, everyone has got their own take on on the on the proceedings and and, and how it should be managed it is being managed well or being managed poorly. Uh, certainly, we have to take a government stance on 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 proceedings and, and how we should all uh, manage our, our own personal uh, health and, and, and well-being. And um, I think, because I, I work, but within the academy system for the Premier League, in particular, I've got to be careful. And you know, any signs of any any illness or potential, I say, after you know, we uh, self-isolate. And uh, I think that's what we all need to be mindful of: is is the impact is going to have. On on uh, the elderly, in our families, and 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 are we are we being a bit complacent in that regard? So, uh, I, I personally have I've made a you know a conscious effort to to be to not be selfish and and to really be uh, be uh, on the ball in terms of uh, where to put myself and and how to respond uh, and and to and to respond accordingly. It's
0: strange really because um, less than a week ago uh, we were you were there and I was at the under-18 Premier, uh, under Premier League Cup the uh, under18 Premier League Cup and you were in fact handing the medals out and suddenly a few days later we're all even more careful than were, we were there, were then I mean it's amazing how quickly this this story is moving along isn't it
2: well it is <clears throat> and even from the uh, from football's perspective, you know that all the games are going to be played behind closed doors, and then within sort of what hours of, of that decision being made, uh, Mikel Arteta, you know, is diagnosed as as as, um, as positive for uh, the coronavirus. Other players since have been self-isolating on the on the on the chances. You know, I've also been diagnosed, so it's such a, a fast-moving. An unprecedented situation that no one truly knows. You know where where to turn next, really. And uh, I, I think it's uh, it's not going to be uh, resolved uh, by the uh, the start of April. And, and I can honestly see this this season being uh, regarded as uh, null and void, sadly.
0: I mean, I've said on, on social media that I think it's a, a time to stop tribalism. There obviously are a lot of City fans out there, and I'm not, I'm not knocking them, they can react however they want, who are still at the moment saying, ha-ha, great, means Liverpool don't get the title, means they can't get the, the, the parade and everything. But um, at the moment, I don't... F- personally I, I can only speak for myself and obviously i'll ask the two here in the studio in a second as well but i don't feel as if that's the the, the frame of mind i'm in um n- none of it seems particularly relevant at the moment does it to you well
2: yeah, that, yeah obviously we uh, we as 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 uh, people that work directly in the game are going to be uh, impacted you know uh, and 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 your own personal Experiences and your own personal slant on things, you know, will will inevitably come to the fore. Uh, certainly, in in terms of Liverpool's situation, we all know that they've been the, the 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 sort of dominant side and the dominant force in the Premier League this season. Uh, however, I think uh, Jurgen Klopp and, and everybody else, I mean, Wayne Brew in his piece in the paper today, everyone recognises that. It's not as important as people's life and and health and well-being, and and uh, I think that has been the the uh, deciding factor. Uh, although there's not just Liverpool's situation to be taken into consideration. Obviously, there's teams that could be relegated, might not be relegated as a consequence of clubs that are desperate to uh, to progress and to come into the Premier League or to get promotion. At the same time, clubs that, that may or may not now qualify for, for European football for the first time. So it, it, it's such a complicated issue. And I don't think uh, any... There's no um, fraud in all this. It's purely a case of we have to take people's health and well-being as the primary source of our of managing this situation and, and sadly personal bias has to be taken out of the proceedings
0: so you, you obviously um, originally I you were going to come into the studio with us and you've decided for your family and for your sake to you want to sort of limit contact so is it, it that that's that's clearly shows how seriously you're taking this doesn't it
2: well, yeah, I mean, I, I've got a temperature. I don't think I've got anything that's, uh, you know, with regard got the coronavirus, but, you know, I don't know. And not being able to get tested, I'm, I'm putting myself into a situation where would well, I want to expose you and anybody else to uh, the potential that I may be carrying it or may not be? I don't think I am. But I just think, again, common sense should prevail. And if we can, you know, um, prevent any potential um, contact which might you know uh, so the consequence might be that you're passing something on to somebody else unwittingly as that may be I think it's a risk that we don't need to take I mean I'm uh, I certainly don't get the impression that I'm, I'm missing out on your, your positivity in or anybody else in the studio but I just think common sense has got to be the the, the, the providing issue over all this
0: so what do you make, I mean, obviously I've got two, we've got Emily and Harlan in the studio. What do you make of what Paul's been saying then?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I completely and utterly agree Um in these circumstances that we're, we're going through at the moment, everything is so fast developing. It's such a fast-paced situation that it almost seems like hour upon hour, my phone is just pinging constantly with with new news updates, new shutdowns, new lockdowns in different countries and um, almost to the point that it seems like we're struggling to keep up with, with the breaking news with it. Um, I completely agree with Paul, obviously, you know, health is absolute priority. And football, I can't actually see where the season would go from here. Uh-huh. I do think it should be null and void. And I don't say that because I'm sat here, you know, wearing a City shirt. There's no element of bias. Obviously, if it was the other way around and, and City were like 25 points ahead, everybody would be like, you know, oh, it's so unfair. But you've got to take your, your, your club hat off in this situation. You've got to think logically and you've got to think about other people and it's not necessarily about us in this situation. It's about the vulnerable people in society. There's a lot of people who are kind of not really getting it. There's a lot of people who I see who are just saying, it's just like flu, but it, 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 it's not the time to be an I'm alright Jack in this situation it's a time to, to take precaution remeasures and think about the vulnerable people in society you might be alright, you may contract it and feel poorly for a few days but then you may pass it on to your, your mum, your grandma who's got ailments who's older and that's the whole point in all of this, you've got to kind of minimise the risks everywhere and limit contact as far as you can if you feel like there are vulnerable people in the family. That's who we've gotta be doing this for. And I mean, we all love football, don't we? But it has to take a back seat in all of it. We have to go with what's happening and we just have to see what but I don't I think we've seen the last of the football now until perhaps September. Um and I await to see what happens on Tuesday from UEFA from the meeting there. I think the Euros will be put back a year. Thursday, with the meeting with the Premier League and all the Premier League clubs, I I just can't see how they can all sit down and I can't see how it will all be concluded. I don't think, I think we'll be going through this for many months and I think it'll be much, much worse. We see what's happening in Italy at the moment. It's absolutely terrifying. There's there's no sugarcoating what's going to happen. That is going to happen here. And we've got, a tidal wave It's. I feel like I'm standing on a beach watching a tsunami coming towards me and, and some people just don't get how serious it is
0: See I've been well we were contacted before we were doing this podcast by some City fans sort of going come on cheer us up Um judging by your reaction so far Paul um if I said to you come on cheer City fans up is that the mood really at the moment is that your mood Um. Not really, because because
2: it's such an unprecedented situation, Paul. There's, there's there's no other reaction we can possibly have. I mean, if you think of it from our perspective, as city fans, you know, if if the ban does kick in next season, I mean, it's a complicated issue, but this could be uh, Pep's last opportunity for us to seek, um, you know, a Champions League success, and that that may now go. And if he does only stay a season, then. You know, who knows where we might be at. We may never get that chance again with Pep Guardiola at the helm. So it, it could still impact on us. And, and these are the things which, um, you know, if Liverpool fans or other fans may sort of point the finger and say it's only because. No, no it's not. No one's for, for one second suggesting that, that Liverpool, you know, shouldn't you know uh, get, receive the title and that they deserve the title which, you know, it's going to be mimicked and, and, and joked at because that's what fans do to wind other fans up. But, you know, we, we, we know how good Liverpool have been and we know that it is, it is, it is theirs and it really is a, a shame for them if they don't have this parade and receive the trophy. But, uh, again, you'd equally say that the, the winning a title for them might be Sheffield United getting into Champions League place it might be a team getting promotion, as in West Brom, Leeds United, all these clubs. So it, it, it's it's their own personal situation. And, and I don't think it's a, a time for anyone to, to laugh and to joke. It's just a time for people to come together and to recognise that some things are more important than football, despite what Bill shankley had said.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you work for the Premier League, don't you? Uh, how are you I mean, obviously... I'm a vlogger. I'm a I'm a podcaster. Um, so in theory, a lot of my work now <laughs> stops and has disappeared. Is it going to be like that for you? Will the Premier League keep going? Will you keep being employed by them?
2: Well, I think thanks Ian. I think I hope I'm going to still be employed. But at the same time, you're absolutely right insofar as you know um, as someone that's external as well. I could be going into an environment and exposing potential. You know. Um, uh, you know, passing this 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 virus on. If I was to have it, to um, youngerly athletes and obviously into first team environments. So we've we've been told by clubs that that we'd rather that that the Premier League stays away. And we've been told by the Premier League, you know, that that we have to limit our visits to to basically just just phone calls and and to uh, FaceTime meetings. Which thankfully, you know, the uh, IT uh, as advanced to such an extent that we can do just that. But there's so many more things that we need to be taken into consideration, pal. I mean, it's, it's around players that are out of contracts. Also, it's about um, clubs' financial um, stabilities. The knock on effect is just beyond the pale. And, and um, you know, to, to take it uh, personally and to look at your club in isolation is foolhardy because this impacts on everybody. And and it just makes us realize the fragility of, of our, own, our own personal health. And, you know, I, I do recommend Wayne Rooney's piece in the paper because, you know, he does say that if he was to unwittingly have passed an illness on, which has cost the life of a, of a relative or relatives, you know, in some way, shape or form, then you won't want to play football again. And he's absolutely right. We've just got to not be stupid about this and, and, and to just be respectful of the fact that this has happened. This is going to get worse. And and the government are trying to find the moment where it can be most effective in terms of containing this virus. And, and then, obviously, from then to try and pick up the pieces afterwards. I mean, you know, Emily is using the, the, the expression of it being a, a tsunami and we, we've not really hit the heights of this anywhere near yet. So to say April, June, July, September, nobody knows. All we can do is be guided by the medical people and to and to pick up the pieces. Football will still be there at the end of all this. We've just got to bide our time and to to keep ourselves occupied during the interim.
3: Yeah, hiya Paul, how are you doing mate? You alright? Um, just listening to yourself obviously, Ian, Emily as well, um, I already know how serious this situation could potentially be. You've seen, you know, what's going on in Italy. Um, everywhere now is almost on lockdown. Bar, you know, t- countries like Turkey are still competing at the moment. But I'm in no doubt that that might end up coming into, you know, jeopardy over the next couple of um, next couple of days, if not weeks. Um, I think you know, just to not maybe there's no balance in this argument out, but to look at it from a more footballing perspective, I can almost understand why football fans feel the way they do to an extent, because it is like your right arm's been ripped off. I mean, I know for me it feels like it's not the norm, you know, for the last 20 years since I was six-year-old, I've always known football to be played on a Saturday, to be played through the week, to see three games cancelled in the space of a week, to not see the second leg of a Champions League game against Madrid played. It all feels a bit alien to us, and it is because it's so unprecedented. But like you say, when, when you do take everything into account, and you look at it from a more humane perspective, you know, football was invented by humans, and it hasn't always been a thing. You know, human life has always been a thing, football hasn't. But I think because we've been brought up with it, um, and we're all football obsessives, I believe. It, it, it's just it's difficult not to have it there, but obviously after three or four weeks, it'll become the norm to an extent, and we'll start to obviously think about it returning in the coming future and start thinking about you know just living life um, in the best way possible until it does return. But I think just to in a sense balance this I, I can understand why people are feeling a bit you know lonely without football. But when you do take it all into account, um, like like you've you've all said, and I agree.
0: Um, you know, life is more important than anything. Actually, that's a very good point indirectly that Harlem brings up, Paul, because um, I've got, uh, my dad's in in a care home. Um, He's 91, he's got dementia, and I'm now worrying, he's already got problems with his mental health, if you want to call it that, and he's not really that well, and I'm not allowed to see him anymore now, so he's completely isolated apart from the people who work there. You have been through tough times with your mental health as well we're all talking about the possibility of how this strain of this virus affects us but actually being isolated and being away from the thing it, it might seem to, to outsiders who are not football fans like us that football is a trivial thing you know people talk about to you know to to lots of of uh, 11 people running around and kicking a bag of wind about but it's more than that and i would imagine that you having been through what you've been through and Played the game and now still involved in the game, and you've been involved in it in different ways. You've been involved at City, yeah. you've been involved now at the Premier League. You've worked with young players. Must be more aware than anybody else now of the secondary impacts, the potential, uh, you know, depression if you want to call it that, that, that 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 could come from this if it's a prolonged situation.
2: Yeah, it's right, Ian. I mean, we do we do take these these things for granted when it becomes. Uh, part of our routine in life. And, and and when we when we think about it, uh that lack of, of a socialising element to it, which is something which can drive a person's weak, you know, if they have the, the mundanity of a of a of a steady job which doesn't throw out any any real excitements other than paying the bills. Such that you're looking so much, looking forward to the weekend and the excitement and the exhilaration, especially when we've got a team at the moment. Manchester City fans have, you know, that, that we're uh, we're exposed to such excitement, such brilliance, and 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 in, in the heights of winning trophies and, and these experiences. Once that stops overnight, it is difficult to come to terms with, uh, and, and I think that's something else where. The footballing communities uh, need to come together, albeit via on social media, via in these kind of different portals, such that there can still be communication, we can still have debates, conversations, we can still reflect on excitements of the past and what's going to happen in the future once this this period in our lives is as, as, as turned around, and hopefully we have a you know a fit and healthy uh, landscape to be able to build from. Is such that we, we must make sure that we're touching base with people and we keep in touch. Keeping in touch. I think it's going to be a, a, a really interesting time to see how clubs respond, be on their on their social media platforms to keep our fans uh, communicated, to keep them involved, to keep them informed, and and uh, you know with with, with supporters' clubs. To make sure that everyone is is, is, is contacted, and that we, we as, as as families and as human beings make a point of of looking after each other, of making contact, you know, with each other. It's when an individual has got that one experience of going to games and that suddenly stops. How do they um, keep themselves uh, actively, uh, you know, uh, and, and uh, together with their with their with their communities? It's very difficult to try and identify everyone who may be isolated, and also that, that to, when you've experienced that loneliness of of, of, of depression and, and and poor mental health, you know it it, it can be it, it it can strike you down. It can it can hit you not only in terms of your social interactions, but also your self esteem and your self worth. So I think it's going to be uh, an interesting sign for. The, the um the sort of club social media basis to to make sure that, that we're entertained in a different way and and we ourselves look to um each other for that for that support albeit you know on a on a social um situation in terms of everyone being connected on WhatsApp or or Twitter or or Facebook but at the same time just Given us a chance to reflect really on on the successes of our of our recent times, and and to be able to look back with with, with fondness, and just try and keep ourselves occupied, try and keep keep ourselves connected, such that we can be really excited for when the season uh, resumes uh, in its entirety.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, I'm like most people who are completely de- dedicated football fans who planned their lives around the the season um every single week i've got a calendar in the kitchen every single fixtures on it and every single thing we do in our social life is dictated by city and now in this current circumstance saying it out loud sounds pretty pathetic but that's our lives because we're diehard blues. It's oh, all yeah. I've ever known. It's all we've ever known collectively. Somebody, a friend
0: of mine rang me up, uh, well, didn't ring me up, spoke to my wife earlier today and said, uh, are you doing anything on Saturday? Oh, yeah. Can we come round? And, <laughs> and and my wife looked at me and I said, I've got no plans. Yeah. I have no plans. Everything's gone.
1: We reverted to um, our summer tactic. Oh, yeah. And we've st- in summer, we just go for days out, fresh air, outdoors, countryside, and, well, we went to Blackpool yesterday, so it's Sia. But I mean, I don't know how long we'll be able to kind of do that for, but the the, the the big play in this is that we've got social media and social media has such a bad press sometimes. But I have so many people on, like say for example, Twitter, who I engage with who are blues. Um, we're all part of the football family. When I go to home games, away games, people come up and say, oh, you know, I'm such a body on your Twitter. And from that, I've gained so many new friends who have actually become um, really big friends and friendships in my life who I meet up with, um, who I've only known through social media. My boyfriend, who I've been with for five years, I he, he messaged me on Twitter. I only know him through Twitter. Um, and now we're obviously together and and two children Um, so everybody has to get together, we've got to kind of be there for each other like Paul said Uh, we've got this social media tool to be able to do that, we can engage with each other and and we can help each other through it, we've got to be, I know it's a cliche but this be kind thing be kind with each other and we don't know, we're, we're in uncharted waters, we don't know where we're going with this but That's the one thing about football is that it's always brought people together in some way. So that's the good thing about football. People say, oh, it is just a game. And right this second, it may be just a game. But we've still had all these people been brought together because of the love of football and the love of the game and the passion that we have and the the fanaticism that we have for it. So we've got to kind of... Embrace that and keep together throughout it all and, and tr and try and just be there for each other.
3: Yeah, I think it is really important, um, you know, Ian, Paul, em, and all the city fans out there that listen to this, that we remember that, you know, it is important that we stay fit and healthy, but at the same time, you know, everybody thinks about health and fitness being um a physical thing. Yeah, I'm really glad that Paul has, has made people aware here that that maybe play mental health down a bit and, and dismiss it as if it's nothing. That, that mental uh, health and fitness is just as important as, as physical, um, and that you know for certain people the lack of football could possibly make them feel like they haven 't really got anything to go to on the weekend, um, and you know maybe you know not not, not to make a joke about the, um, the terminology but make them isolate themselves from society even more than they, than they are sorry than they ordinarily do shall I say. Um, and I just think it's important to highlight as well that this is probably the only thing for a lot of people that I keeps a, them going on a weekly basis I
0: had a Vogue last season I don't know if you, if you remember it or saw it at the time but it was actually a disabled supporter and I followed his day I went to his house mm-hmm. I met him and his wife we, we. it was very difficult physically for him to get into I wish I could just remember his name off the top of my head so no offence meant that I can't remember his name but I followed him then I met him at the ground when he got there I went to see his position which is in the the stand opposite where the players come out, and what a cheerful, what inspirational, what a lovely fella he was. He had a mate who he met, who he'd used to work with. He had a, a degenerative, still has a degenerative um, disease, and the football you could tell. I went obviously I said it, went to his house I saw his house and and his his house is full of memorabilia and yeah. you know it, it, it was a, it was a great place to be and I felt really uplifted actually by spending some time in his company yeah. now i i, I don 't want to and ev- ever sound patronizing or talking down to people, so by saying this, please don 't take this the wrong way, but and I feel sorry for this guy because I think well, without that. It's going to be difficult. I know that even just a few days without the football, a mate of mine who I've been going to watch City with all my life sent me a message, and he's not a very emotional person. He sent me a message yesterday, um, and for the first time, I sensed just from a few words in a message that he's been hit quite hard and, and feels really down by this. And this is right at the beginning of this. So this is why I worry about it. I mean, have you what, what, from your experience in life, Paul, what, what would be your message to people? It, apart from the obvious of trying to keep talking and everything, and, 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 and as I say, we're considering what do we do with the podcast going forward? Will we be even able to do it? But hopefully we can. And what message do we want to send out? What do we want to do? Do we want to do silly things and trivial things and, and make it all light hearted? Or where do we go? What, what, what would your advice be, Paul?
2: Well, um, it's interesting, Paul. That you know, you talk about uh, different people's experiences, and obviously, um, you know, listening to Emily there in particular around how her calendar is is pretty much dictated to by Manchester City, um, which will be a case for a lot of people, and the fact that it is that escapism, isn't it? It's being you know wh- wherever your abilities or disabilities, that's all forgotten. It's on a level playing field, you know. No pun intended around. That perspective that we all sit there, we all watch, we all talk about, we all discuss our favourite players, players that haven't played well. Everyone's got a player that they love to hate potentially for whatever reason that might be. But it's all around that, that having an opinion, having a voice and being able to share something. And that's the key really is is is, is being able to share your current experiences where you're at, not to trivialise people's circumstances, You know that no one's certainly not important or irrelevant. Everyone has their relevance. Everyone has um, that that need to 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 sort of feel wanted and to be listened to. You know, and, and just giving up, you know, some some time to to speak to people, you know, can can make their day, especially for our our grandparents and our you know elderly relatives. It's something which, again, is, is, is trivialized. You know, life is so busy and, and, and all-consuming that we don't often make time for people and days and weeks can go by before we actually make contact. Perhaps this is, a, is a, a, a line in the sand for lots of people just to realize how important, you know, people are, contact is, you know, in terms of that, that, that connection and that, and that, that need for, for interaction. You know, it, it is all consuming, and um, you know, even even to the extent where just a, a two-minute phone call, just to say I am okay, are you okay? You know, can can make someone's day. For some people, it can be their only interaction for a whole day, even for days. Just that quick phone call. But you know, it's it's about not forgetting, not forgetting each other, and not forgetting how how you know important we are, and and and, and how fragile life can be, and and sometimes. Just slowing down and making us reflect on on our lives can can be that that moment where actually we do we can put our differences aside. We can put our little trivial, you know, um, third world problems uh, to one side, which people consider them, but actually they're not the first world problems. They're like, well, this is happening to me now, but you know, really in the scheme of things, is it is it important? It's about as Emily has said, and about lots of people are saying about just being kind to each other, yeah, banter will still go on and you'll still see it and it will still happen and City fans will still go, Liverpool fans and vice versa and that will never go away. And some people, you know, can do it in a way which can be funny and can be self-deprecating and others will do it in such a way where it will be quite hard-hitting and it will be quite unpleasant. But that is the way that some people will always be I'm not here to judge anyone's, you know, responses or how they interact and what they see as being the norm. All I can say is that, you know, it, it is time that, that uh we put those differences to one side and we start to think about well, how is this going to impact on this person now, tomorrow and the next day? And can we make sure that we're there and supportive for the people that matter in our lives such that everyone, you know, is hopefully accounted for and that we can, we can build a resilience and a resolve to these, these uh, difficult times, and we can come out the other side still loving football and still raring to go for the following season.
1: Yeah I've got um, a few friends who recently messaged me because my dad lives in China. He came over here in January for a furniture exhibition. He deals in furniture um, and he hasn't been able to get back into China since because of everything that's happened. Um, he he has bases in Shaman in Shenzhen over there and a lot of what has happened in China we're not actually seen because of the way China is the very very secretive limited on media exposure um, so I get sent things via his WeChat and I see a lot of videos and, and how strict they've been over there um, but he isn't allowed back in because um, if he goes back in he goes straight to um, hospital for 48 hours for a load of medical checks and then straight into quarantine for two weeks um, and he can't afford to do that because of his business because he keeps having to go traveling to bit different meetings. Um, he's currently hopping around Thailand, Malaysia and Vietnam um, with hand gel constantly, cleaning everything where he goes, wearing a mask constantly, um, On not on a wing on a prayer, but he has got severe chest chronic chest problems and and kind of hoping for the best so recently a few people have been messaging me and um i mean there was a girl the other day called rachel who i only know because she's a city fan who i only know through social media and on friday she said how are you coping em how's your dad how are you dealing with everything to do with your dad are you all right you must be worried sick about him and she just reached out and just by reaching out and just being there and just saying look I'll always be here for you you can always talk to me I've never even met her I've known her for about 10 years and we speak every now and again but just by being there for me it kind of made me feel kind of not reassured but that sh- somebody cares and that the city somebody, family. and it's yeah, the city definitely. family because I only know her through football and there's so many people like that I had a conversation on Twitter last night with a guy called Paul who was absolutely frantic, we worry about everything, all the uncertainty it feels like we're being completely bombarded in our minds through the media with it all and we're trying to navigate our way through the mayhem and the chaos and trying to find out the facts from the the fiction and it can, it's sensory overload for a lot of people where there's radio silence where we should be hearing from, uh, not to, I'm not making it political but from certain figures for clarity and for some form of comfort maybe but it just feels a lot uh, like really overwhelming for a lot of people. And if we can just reach out and, and see those people who are struggling with an- anxiety and who are really worried and just be there and just send messages and everybody can talk to each other and, and kind of virtually hold our hands through it.
0: Well, obviously, Paul, um, I'm not going to keep you anymore now. I'll just ask you as a final question, really, it, it and, and this is a question I'm going to try and couch in a way that doesn't make it too specific and you can go whichever direction you want with this but given where we are and the complete uncertainty we have of when and if football will re- well it will resume obviously at some point but when it will resume whether it, it seems to me highly unlikely that it's going to be the 3rd of April in fact I'd put about a 99% um, chance of it uh, not happening on the, the the 3rd of April there is the Euros, there is another complication in terms of scheduling of the Qatar World Cup which was already going to be something that the league had to adjust to, there's people suggesting that League Cup should be scrapped um, to come up from the lower division, a 22 league next season um, th- there's a million million things, do you think it's appropriate at this moment to give an opinion on that and if so, what is your opinion, or is it something we just have to wait and see? What What do you think, Paul?
2: Well, again, mate, you've you've outlined it um, succinctly there as to you know the the overarching challenges that that, that football has, you know, both in terms of uh, FIFA, UEFA, the Premier League, the FA, you name it. I mean, even uh, so far down as academies. Um, there are there are challenges around academies looking to go to category one, to category three to category two, you know, and and what impact that will have, obviously from individual players in terms of their movement, in terms of their challenges, but the whole game itself and and the the the, the sort of the uh, the monetary uh, implications uh, of, of of having home games, away games, all the events, and obviously the media interactions is is such. Uh, 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 an incredibly um, complex uh, situation that we find ourselves in, uh, mate, that I don't think there's anyone that's going to come out of this situation saying, well, yeah, that's completely fair. Someone, somewhere is going to be impacted, and it's going to be negative, and it's going to be seen as being, uh, that their, their club or, or their situation is is seen as in isolation not being important enough. So, I don't think there's going to be any one or two or 10 or 20 decisions that are going to be completely seen as being fair for everyone in their own circumstances so it's going to be a fascinating situation for us to watch obviously on on from the media perspective to see you know how this is going to pan out how long it will take and and on the back of that the the other side of it will be well you know what is going to be fair how can it be resolved I, i'm 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 certainly curious i don't i don't think that um that in terms of by doing one thing more than the other that that's going to be valued lots of the pundits are currently saying that uh, the the um the carabao has got to be scrapped and maybe the fa cup and And this will happen in terms of um getting the getting the season over and done with you you're right Ian, I don't even see this season continuing. I just think there's too many variables, and there's too many individuals that if they come out and say they've been unwell or that they have been diagnosed, then what who have they been um, co- you know connected to uh, interacting with so i I just think this season is gonna be um completely uh avoided. I would suggest then come June uh, there's that reflection as to you know how this is going to impact on the game for the following season. Is there any real fair decision going to be made? I don't think so. It's almost as if you could say that this season never actually happened, even though it did, which is going to be a frustration. But I just hope that financially that the game comes together to find a way to ensure that no one falls by the wayside. We don't have a berry happening you know, to anybody else or clubs that are really struggling financially, Macclesfield Town, Rochdale, you know, as cases in point, that we do come together and we make sure that, you know, there is a stability, there is a platform that we can all, you know, spring from the next season and carry on as is. I mean, let's be honest, pal, we've had austerity, we've had Brexit, the coronavirus, you know, we've been able to get through as a society with different challenges in different ways but when it comes to health. I think that that's the one thing where everybody has to accept that that people's lives come first. And once we can get that boxed off, and we're happy that we're in a, a healthy position to be able to move forward, I think the decisions are going to be painful. I think there's a lot of people that are going to be upset about the outcomes in terms of their own team. But in terms of fairness, I'm afraid it's going to be able to probably... Placate the many, but upset the few. I just hope that in six months' time, pal, we're all talking about City winning the quadruple, and that's going to be the only conversation we're going to be having. But uh, as it stands, um, it's it's as as Emily said, it's uncharted waters, it's uncharted territory, and all we can do is just wait and see whether the the uh, the minds at the hierarchy of our game can come together and and can make make a decision because regardless something has to be done and we have to move forward and so I think we will move forward but there's going to be a few um, there's going to be a few plasters being put on uh, on on some small cuts which are going to have to you know have to take place but I just hope that it doesn't turn on itself and it becomes you know a bureaucratic nightmare where personal situations you know, come to the fore, legal action takes place it's because I'm not happy, they're not happy, you're not happy, and all of a sudden, once again, the game becomes tarnished as a consequence.
0: Well, Paul, as always, you speak an awful lot of sense. Um, thanks very much for your time today. Um, In the spirit of the Blue family wanting to continue, I suspect that I'll be calling on you again to contribute to to various things that that we do to try to keep uh, spirits of City fans up and maybe next time it'll be... A bit more an attempt to to be a bit more um, not light hearted, but um, certainly not quite as heavy, if you like, as as this yeah. particular conversation has been. So, thanks very much. Good luck to to you and your family. Um, obviously, you know that's all we can say to everybody, really. But, uh, yeah. but thanks very much, Paul, for joining us.
2: One last thing, again, just just to be thinking as well about how we how we can you know uh, still uh, provide a, a proper send off for David of Silver. Is that something else that we can perhaps talk about and we can look to build on that as something to look forward to and to respect the fact that he has been such a wonderful, wonderful um, servant for Manchester City. Maybe we can think about that as a real positive for, for the following season.
0: Very good point, yeah, and, uh, and and all of us, as well as being sad at his departure, now means we may not get to see him play again um, for Manchester City unless something changes with the contract, because obviously it's due to, to end at the end of, of June. So, yeah, very good point, Paul. Thanks very much. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Cheers, I'll speak guys. to you again very soon.
2: Will do. Cheers, mate.
0: See you. That's Paul Lake then, uh, contributing to the Forever... Blue podcast, and uh, very grateful to him for doing that. Um, he's, I'm used to having him on programs that I'm presenting, doing these Churchillian speeches. And ironically, at the moment, I suppose that's what the country needs. That wasn't the day for it, though, but he still talks sense, doesn't
1: he? He's just so eloquent, isn't he, with everything he does, and he's so right. And I think the mental health thing is so, so important in all of this because a lot of the words as well that have been banded around about, um, certain situations have been kind of like neglecting the mental health situation and the, it's not just about the virus it's about people you know the the, the term itself self-isolation isolation and being it's isolated It's a terrible word isn't it? It's really cold if you think about it and, and a lot of people can actually just feel self-isolated a lot of the time anyway so to be saying it constantly hearing it constantly banding it around everywhere it, it can really be real like an uh, overload for a lot and lot of people and it, it's going to have a massive impact on everybody this um it, it's just I, I don't like the unknown of it all and, and where we're going with it. And I just fear the worst. And I just think, like, like I say, with the vulnerable in society and, and being there for, for everybody that we can and um, the people in your family who you're worried about and, and just be mindful of that. And just we've just got to help each other through it, haven't we?
0: For what it's worth... Um, obviously, if you found this podcast and you, particularly if you're a regular listening to it, then you know it exists and you, and you maybe you're all over social media. Um, and this is not meant to sound like a, 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 all about numbers because believe me, what I do on the vlog and what I do on the podcast, um, I could and always have steered away from looking for clickbait and for looking for pure numbers. And thankfully, I am associated with three sponsors at the moment who don't believe that that is the be-all and end-all. Uh, and so uh, this, what, what I'm going to say to you now is not an attempt to drive numbers up. That is not what drives me or the people that I'm associated with, like, like Harlan and Emily and all the rest of the team. And as I said, those sponsors. But... If you know somebody, particularly an older person, who is isolated, who is feeling vulnerable and is wondering what to do with the time and how to get their city fix, will you please tell them, for example, that this podcast and other things like this exist and, and tell them how to listen to it and how to download it? and. Because it might just be that a few things like this, not just my podcast or this podcast or our podcast, but there are others out there as well. So this is not about I want to be better or more numbers than anybody else. Tell people that these things exist. And invite them to listen, tell them how yep. to do it, because we are all in it together. We are yep. city fans, we are a family. And and even broader yep. than that, if you're a fan of a, of another team and you've stumbled across this and you think in any way this has entertained you or been beneficial, and believe me, every podcast isn't quite as heavy as this. Yep. You know, we do have a laugh and hopefully in the future if we're going to continue on to this, if there's a demand, if people want me to and want us to. Then we will continue on, and every podcast won't be like this. It will be an attempt to divert your attention a little bit away, tell other people, spread the news, you know, and and, and, and let us try and help each other. Um, and if you do see, I'll always talk back to people on social media if they contact me. Mm-hmm. People go on messenger with me, people direct message me, uh, and I and I, I you know what? I've never not answered. At something on a direct message I'll get bombarded now but I don't care I'd, I've never not answered there's going to be a cult here. you know um, 55,000 City fans <laughs> all sending time a direct message now yeah but you know I, let's help each other <laughs> yeah. you know I mean you've got a gob on you haven't you Harlan you're oh, no, not trying it's, to talk to people it's a eloquent mouth I'd
3: like to call it myself. <laughs> you know? uh, no listen it's one of them and it, it it doesn't feel you know, going back to what I said to Paul and, and to you both it, it almost doesn't feel like you've got it out of your system if you don't go to the game do you know what I mean it's all this, all this excitement, all this you know adrenaline that you build up during the week, looking forward to a specific game. You know, there's three lots of adrenaline in my body now that I'm not going to be able to let out, and I don't know where it goes. You've at least got going. this platform, um, haven't you? But you can always <laughs> let it out on the podcast, and, and that's that's what I think is important. That you know we keep doing other things. You know, as as, as much as you know we've been advised not to not to go near each other and uh, self isolate. I mean, I can't imagine being away from from this team uh, for uh, for 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 a month. I mean. To to even think about, you know, I'm not on every week, Em's not on every week, but to think, you know, you're here, but to think about not doing a pod for a month, it doesn't seem normal now that well, it's I'm, part
0: of our routine I should say this as well, I'm we're sat in the studios of Tameside Radio which is an Aston Underline, obviously you don't want to know where that is if you're listening outside of England but you'll know if you're in the Greater Manchester area um, uh, tomorrow, Monday I'm having a chat with Tameside Radio about possibly doing some extra sports stuff on the station and it might be that getting extra people to contribute and tell their stories is something that I want to do, um, so that'll be another platform that, that we can try to keep this all going as well as the podcast so if you follow me on twitter at ian cheeseman you'll see what i'm doing and and how that's progressing so that's another another thing we can do now we've heard from paul lake Uh, I'm I'm now hopefully uh, we're going to speak to uh, a member of the journalistic world as well a good friend of mine who's very highly respected Henry Winter who writes for the Times who you may have seen on Twitter the other day said oh listen to that podcast keep it going very supportive which is very nice I absolutely
1: love Henry him and Martin Samuel and you. Obviously, the, the, the hat trick <laughs> um, are for me the go-tos, the the three journalists in in football that I that I I always I trust.
0: All right, well let let's try and talk now to Henry Winter then. So uh, hello to Henry Winter then from the Times. Thanks very much for joining us. We've just been talking to to Paul Lake, Henry, uh, and obviously it seems inappropriate in a way at the moment to talk too much about how football corrects what's going on because A, we don't know how it's going to play out, how long it's going to last or, or where the circumstances are. Do you feel it's appropriate at the moment for us to talk about what football does go forward or are you, um, you know, anxious, worried like everybody else is about, about life really as much as football?
4: Well, I think, uh, I mean, as I think Paul was alluding to, I think it's, it's completely right. Well, you have to talk about football at the moment. Obviously, sport has to be in perspective. We all understand that. It's, you know, it's sort of 20, 22 players chasing a ball around a pitch and life's far more important than that. But actually, if you look at what's happening in football at the moment, it's almost like the sport is, is the first battleground for debate in, in the country, particularly about large gatherings. And I think it was completely right for the uh, the Premier League, the EFL, and the FA to announce on on Friday morning that uh, football had to be suspended. I think it actually came from um, the, the news of Mikel Arteta uh, having sort of contracted the virus, and one or two other players. That the unfortunate news about Callum Hudson-Odoi, and obviously your know, first reaction is hope they recover quickly, which it clearly looks like they are, given their, you know, what they've been saying. Um, but I think what's why we have to talk about it is because actually, in a strange way, the national sport is influencing how the nation is responding to this. Because I think the, the, the government, the, the tune from the government, which on Thursday afternoon was, we're not banning large events, I think the tune changed when football finally realised that he would have to react. Um, and, and I'm sure we're going to see more of a lockdown on the back of football and, you know, maybe on the back of the sort of medical advice that the government is increasingly being given. So absolutely, we have to talk about this.
0: So a couple of questions that come from that. I mean, we've said in the podcast and I've said that trying to second guess what's going to happen is impossible, whoever we are, whether it be prime minister or cleaning person. Is that your view? Do Do you feel as if you have any sort of expertise really to second guess what's going to happen?
4: Well, I've spent 35 years writing about football and and not sort of hold up in a laboratory sort of analysing how viruses ebb and fall. So obviously I'll be guided by, you know, the the World Health Organisation when I'm writing, as I have been every day. but, you know, sometimes when you look at politicians and, you know, you you, you make the, the comparison with the with the with the cleaner, but sometimes I'd rather the, the cleaner was running the country than than certain politicians, because you've you've got to have an understanding of what's going on, what is happening at with with football, with players who are. I mean, these are highly tuned athletes. I know they are. Um, vulnerable to, uh, to to colds. I'm sure you know. If you talk to us sort or of Paul about this, you know footballers when they can't come off the pitch, their their immune system is run down. So obviously they're going to be vulnerable. But they they are also you know incredibly fit athletes, and they are they are being tested probably on a daily basis a lot of them so if we're finding cases and clusters within football how does that reflect to 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 the country which is actually in terms of testing compared to more sophisticated countries like sort of south korea um we're not doing enough testing so again it comes back to uh football if football is being looked at as a laboratory for what's happening in this virus then absolutely the government has to sort of look more closely
0: So the other question I was going to ask you, because I know time's of a a premium, I know you're busy, Um, I suppose there's a lot to write about at the moment. Um, Well, I've
4: got the next two months free, I think, mate.
0: (laughs) Well, maybe we'll talk to you again sometime when you've got more time, but the other question I was going to ask was about the football pyramid. Now, I know we're a city podcast that are doing this, but there is a pyramid out there that City fans, and we're no exceptions, do care about. And speaking personally, it broke my heart when Barry folded. And yeah. I do look very anxiously at the situations at Oldham and Macclesfield and lots of other clubs. Do you feel, as a senior experienced journalist now, and it obviously it's just your opinion, it's just my opinion, that the Premier League and football at the top should be doing lots now to protect that pyramid?
4: totally and i mean it, it really shouldn't have needed this horrendous virus to actually make the, the elite clubs who make so much money look after the smaller clubs i mean if memory serves and you'd know far better than, than me but one of my favorite players growing up looking at it from afar was colin bell mcinski and if memory serves didn't he come up barberry or certainly played for, yeah. for berry okay so that's so that that's that, that's a fact so on that simple level the elite clubs have got to look after the smaller clubs on a very selfish level because that's where a lot of the players are coming from. Raheem Sterling started out at QPR's academy, went to Liverpool, then went to Manchester City. I mean, I covered the uh, the, the, the World Cup in Russia. 20 of the 23 players... Um, who went out there, the Gareth Southgate took out there, had either been nurtured through, uh, through, uh, through non-Premier League academies or had played in EFL competitions. So I think it's really important that the 92 looks after itself. And that's why I was horrified by some of Karen Brady's comments uh, on Saturday morning when she said, well, the, uh, you know, the, the smaller clubs, by hook and by crook, I'm sure they'll survive. They need help. These are, these are clubs that go year to year with many of their players' contracts. If the season is then concluded after uh, after June, are those players going to actually be available to those clubs? So, absolutely, the bigger clubs who've got, as you say, the, the, the lion's share of the, the, the television money, have got to look for the sm- look after the smaller ones first, because it's the right thing to do. But also, and self interest is mainly the preserve of the leading clubs. Actually, where do they get their players from? You know, players start out in grassroots, players start out in the EFL, and then if they work hard, say like a Sterling, whoever, John Stones, Barnsley, Everton, Manchester City, you know, they work their way to the very pinnacle of their profession, which is the way to do it in life. But you've got to let the grassroots and the smaller clubs breathe. And at the moment, they need help. They need help from the elite clubs who've got to fork out.
0: Henry, thanks so much for your time and your views uh, uh, today as we do this podcast. Uh, Hopefully we'll speak to you again soon. Keep well and your family as well. And thanks for your time today.
4: Definitely. Stay safe, mate.
0: You too. There we are. That's Henry Winter um, joining us on the Forever Blue uh, podcast. And, uh, well, he he had some strong points to make there, really, didn't he? What did you make of, of what he had to say?
3: Yeah, Ian, he's bang on, and he, you know what I mean. Um, I like the point he made, but I didn't like the point. I don't like any points about coronavirus at all. Why would I? But I like the point he made about the fact that you know the government could get involved more or, or make us more aware of what's going on within the professional, um, you know, realms, if you want to call it that, because the, the players and the professional athletes are the ones that are going to be getting the expert medical attention at this moment in time. Um, Within a controlled environment, players—you know—players like Udo uh, Adoy, managers like Arteta. Um, it's important to be looking at how they're dealing with this within closed uh, you know, closed grounds, so that then they can obviously advise based on that uh, and use that as, like Henry said, I think not to misinterpret him, but use that and use professional sports as a bit of a laboratory to investigate this virus in more detail in such a small area. There must be a lot of skill and
0: out. talent within a, a, a club like City, you know, yeah. who have this fantastic facility, the CFA. I mean, all right, they're not experts on viral uh, in illnesses and whatnot, but they have absolute... Experts at the top of their game. That's why they're employed by yeah. Manchester City and the facilities there. I only had one brief look round once, but they are mind blowing. The the facilities. You would hope that 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 City, our club, the the club we care about, would be at the cutting edge of this as well, wouldn't you? Yeah. As well as the game of football at the, at the elite league, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. But I think moving forward now, I mean, are they even allowed to train? Are they even? Have they just been? sent home and that's it. They and have have they've been stay sent the home if
0: they've gone yeah, but a lot of these you know, somebody somebody said my wife said to me the other day, Will Sergio now go back to Argentina. No,
1: he's um he's obviously I think they're all still in the country at the moment. Um, but what will actually happen because I've got a friend who covers Barcelona and um, obviously the other day they have suspended training so I don't know if the Barcelona players have all disbanded and gone back, been able to go back to the relative countries. Are they all staying around in Barcelona? You know what is going to happen because I, I can't really see training being able to go ahead because that's happened in Spain now where they've they've completely stopped training and they've just said, you know, go your own way and, and then we'll figure out the next step as and when. But will they end up go if they if they are able to going back to their own countries? Uh, and what will happen there? Because I mean, we just don't know. It's all guesses.
3: The players um, and you as well are going and everyone listening. The players are going to obviously have to have to remain fit. And the players are self-isolating, not knowing they've got coronavirus or anything like that. You know, none of us know
0: whether we've got it or not yet. But you're saying that about them keeping fit. And in two days from now, or four days from now, or whenever it is, nobody knows when these things are going to. It happen You just seem to switch your phone on or the television mm-hmm. on, and something dramatic's changed. Mm-hmm. If they, if somebody. Announces that, that that the Premier League is not going to be in action until September, then they don't need to keep fit, do they? Then the priority becomes go back to your families and and whatnot, and we'll worry about getting you fit back in August or whenever pre season is right, going to I be. Think, yeah, this is I such a movable feast, it isn't is, it?
3: It is. I agree to an extent, Ian. But what I, what I mean is, you know, these players perform at such a high level. That they wouldn't even want to risk you know even if they were self-isolating i'm sure they've got gyms in the houses I'm oh, sure that's they've got, true. Yeah. you know and, yeah. and they'd be they'd be looking to all, almost maintain the level that they're at right now you know not not get fit for a match that you know, that's not something they're going to be able to do but just maintain the fitness levels that they've got at the moment so that when pre-season comes round, it's not a shock to the system Otherwise, what we might have on our hands, and you know this is at the top level, this is city we're talking about Oldhams players, you know the facilities aren't the same which you mentioned then to get physically fit probably them, more difficult Oldham uh, go to the gym I this go to. is what I'm saying so <laughs> you know the players are going to obviously Seriously. take it upon themselves to keep fit, but then take into account that you know personal trainers, fitness coaches you know they're not going to be able to to work with multiple athletes because that could be cross contamination that could be passing it on from one player to another. Well,
1: Say, for example, we've mentioned on the pod so far that we don't think that there'll be any football now until at least September. Uh, uh, for example, say it, it, in some way that it, it's able, like they say June and it's like, right, all systems go June, we're fine, we'll move forward. But then it's like the, the time that's elapsed since playing football is more than it is normally in a summer break. So then... You could pre- have a month's pre-season, not pre-season, Everybody's is, playing catch is at least a month so then there's a knock-on effect there but I mean even if they say June and it's it's still somehow going on and then it can't be it has to be a level playing field there can't be squads missing players because of it and everything this is why it's just all up in the air and we're kind of just trying to figure it out and, and see where it goes and going back
3: to what Paul said before as well contracts run down yeah um, there's all the legalities of that you know he's no longer allowed to play at that club because his contract doesn't stipulate that he's allowed to play it gets very very complicated this if if, if football continues to be played after April um, I'm in agreement now that it's looking more and more likely I think we all are that it's not going to be until the no. start of next season at the earliest uh, we don't know that for a fact we don't know that at all yet but um, I think for the for the benefit of everyone um, you know that, that's going to have to be the case but if we did resume like you said Em whether we have a pre-season to get back into the floor football mm. or get the season over and done with and then there's not, is there going to be enough time to have a pre-season no. for, for the 2021 no. season? It's just going to be a snowball effect.
0: Right. Well, let's, you know, we've heard from Paul, who is was, who was great. We've heard from Henry Winter. Um, let's draw a line under this podcast now. And that doesn't mean it's finishing. I've got, I've got a couple of more things I want to talk about. But uk, big, big shout out. Big thanks to them. Chartered Mortgage Advisors who are supporting me in the podcast um, and us on the podcast and also to, to the other people who are trying to keep these things going. This is the question now to you. You too. To you listening uh, as well, do we keep going? What do you want us to talk about? Um, you know, it's going to be difficult. It might be that, for example, in future weeks, I'm sat here on my own and I'm talking to you guys down the phone because everybody's told to stay at home. I might not be allowed to come here. Um, and then what do we do? Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm interested to know, from you two anyway, what your mood is as City fans, What you what you want to do and obviously, listen to what they've got to say. Tell us whether you agree, disagree. I mentioned it before. I'm on Twitter. Uh, Emily's on Twitter. Harlan's on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and they'll give out the Twitter addresses uh, in a second. That's assuming you're willing to be contacted. Yeah. You've seen some of the others in, in the, uh, the, the Forever Blue family. Uh, you've seen videos on, on YouTube. They all always have the Twitter handles on. Contact us. Tell us what you want, ideally. Tell us if you want us to go away and stop and and rest for a while. Up to you. What do you think, Emily?
1: I would love to keep going. I know that football and the lack of it has created such Mm -hmm. a massive void in people's lives. And if people are having to self-isolate at home, they're kind of struggling for things to do, really. So I think um, people will be hammering kind of like not to advertise Netflix, but things like that, books and things. So, I mean... There's plenty of time to listen to podcasts and as long as we can get here and as long as we can do it, then I'm I'm pretty sure that we can come up with Loads of inventive ideas if we put our minds to it. We've got a few already. We were thinking of, I mean, I mentioned to Ian potentially doing podcasts based on a season. So if you want to hear a particular season, um, an hour's worth of, of a podcast full of memories of a certain season.
0: So let's give an example of that type of thing. Let's say it was the eighty, 98-99 the season. It doesn't have to be, but that was the, the playoff season when City went up. Uh, from the, the old, what is now League One, to the Championship. Um, maybe we could sit and reminisce about that season and get people like Andy Morrison on the phone or, um, you know, um, Nicky Weaver on the phone, or, or people like that, yeah. and reminisce about a season. Is that an idea you'd be open to?
1: I like the idea of that because there's, there are people out there who... Um, wouldn't have even been alive really when that season was going yeah. on and seasons from the past as well so it's an insight for people and, and it's, miss
3: it as well miss that season yeah. miss that kind of that was city that era. you know what i mean that era that 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 old city do you know what i mean it might be nice within within you know and i think i think paul said it before it's a time to reflect and i think it's perfect to go back and reflect on um, what makes us who we are, really. Yeah, we
1: it? can go back and look at certain games, certain goals, certain saves, certain players, and uh, reminisce, and just, I think it'll help people having that kind of content, and I know that we can't fill the void and, and the excitement that football brings, but we can certainly try to entertain in a little bit of a way and, and try our best to, towards yeah. the, the, the City family.
3: You you got any ideas, Harlan? Well, I just want to say, Ian, first and foremost, that I I enjoy doing this. It's like I said like I said earlier when when Paul was on the phone, Ian, it, it's part of my life. You know, it's not the same. You know, if I'm not on, I know I'm not on a week in advance. Now, Ian indefinitely gives me that declaration <laughs> a week before, so I can prep, get myself physically fit for a week after.
0: Hey, but all, everything's movable at the moment. <laughs> it is, yeah.
3: but I mean, you know, it, it, what what I mean is, it's become part of our framework. We all know that within a month, we're going to have appeared on at least one podcast. Um, It becomes, you know, if you're not on, you'll listen. When somebody else has been on, it becomes part of your week. So to stop it would feel like my left arm would be ripped off because football's my right (laughs) arm. Um, But we enjoy putting it out there, listening to the feedback, whether it be negative or positive, whether you agree or disagree. You know, everyone likes to be right. We all like to think we're right with things. But to hear you're not right sometimes is almost just as good in a way because it keeps the debate alive. Um, and I think the way that we've grown within the last year has been fantastic the fans love it um, the response we get is great, so I wouldn't want us to disappear, even if it was for a month, because I'd feel like you know we'd be letting people down without doing a podcast.
1: It also makes the world feel quite small. It brings fans together throughout the world, and because all this is happening worldwide at the moment, it can unite city fans from from throughout the world. A guy came up to me at Wembley who lived in California, who'd come over all the way from California just for the cup final, and said. I love that podcast. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And you know why I love it? Because I'm all the way in California, but I feel like I'm in Manchester with you guys. And how how good is that that we can we can do that and we can make yeah. people feel united together. Yeah, I don't like yeah. that word, yeah. obviously, no, but I don't. Uh, make people feel together. T- together. Hashtag yeah. together 2011-2012 <laughs>
3: model.
0: Well, share the message. Um, tell us what you think. Please do, um, and then we'll see where we go from here. Whatever you do, um, think about people who are older, people, who, and think about yourself, and obviously be sensible. Um, you know, wash your hands and all that stuff. I mean, we're not a public service thing, but. I, I, my hands are getting rough now from washing them mm. all the time. Mm, mm, mm. Um, so uh, p- please do that. Please, please stay Ian, safe. One
3: thing, one thing I've done as well in my spare time this week, just because I've been tinkering about. We you know football is. I've thought I've of my team of the decade as well. So I've done. A, I've done a squad of eighteen, a matchday squad of eighteen players that I'd pick. Well, hold over that the last thought. Decade. Maybe that's so a, maybe get, that's a future podcast. Get your, uh, get your thinking caps on. And also with
1: regards to Ian uh, um, there's no reason why you can't continue the vlog in some way as well I'm sure you could maybe think of something because people love the vlogs as well so they'll be missing the vlogs.
0: The trouble with, yeah and and I hear what you're saying and it was giving me, it was exercising my mind as to what do I do with, uh, I mean we can film some of the conversations that we have as long as we're in the same place at the same time but the problem is that the vlogs are dependent on being among fans Mm -hmm. and if there are no gatherings of fans, uh, what I don't want to do and have never wanted to do I do vlogs where it's just me talking to the camera and other other people who do that and that's their choice and I'm not knocking anybody they and and, and some people will love that no doubt but it's not my style and it doesn't feel like the type of thing I really want to do yeah. I contribute to my vlog I am not the vlog the vlog is about city fans and other people yeah. and their experiences yeah. I I don't feel at the moment that there is an avenue where I can do that. Again, if somebody's got an idea, somebody thinks, well, that's a great idea, um, then then tell me well, and, and I'll consider it. But at the moment, the plan is to carry on with the podcast as long as we can, um, as long as you want it, and but I think the vlog really apart from videos of us talking on the podcast has stopped for the time being but the main thing is um, listen we all wish for a speedy resolution to this situation and back to normal life it doesn't feel as if that's around the corner but let's hope that there is a, a resolution that we can all be pleased with thanks very much for listening thanks very much for downloading please please Not because I'm bothered about numbers, but to share this, tell people who are in the football family, particularly older people, who are not as... I bump into people around the ground who say, oh, where have you been since you left the BBC two and a half years ago? Shame you, you don't do anything anymore. And I go, I do a podcast. But it's often older people who say that to me, who have no... Knowledge of of going on the internet or what a podcast is, is. it's our duty, I think, to educate. If if you've got an older member of your family who is a City fan, please tell them, you know, say and help them, you know, and say, Look, they can listen to this. Uh, not about yeah. me it's about the city family this please, please and do and a that. lot of the
1: vulnerable and that we're, we've been discussing throughout the podcast and, and particularly the elderly may not even be on social media so you exactly. could maybe help them out that way by just giving them like a few pointers and a bit of guidance and that can in a way help them feel a bit more connected if they, if they possibly Definitely. are able of doing that
0: keep healthy everybody um, fingers crossed there'll be another Forever Blue podcast on the way very very soon See you soon. Oh, by the way, still great to be a blue, isn't it? Oh, I.